0: CPI, PPI, and here come the bank earnings. Welcome. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. In the next hour, going to hear the difference. An Annex client will share their story. Ask Annex is coming up and a bunch more. Glad you're here. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development, CFP and Wealth Manager. Welcome to you. Thank you, Danny. It's good to be here.
1: Yeah. So, Derek, Let's just jump right into that. It, there's been a lot of data coming out this week. Let's start with the high points. What most surprised you that you saw
2: this week? Well, I think what really surprised me was when you look at the bulk of the news that the, the stock market actually weathered the storm fairly well. Small cap stocks were up 1.5% on the week. The S&P was up almost 1%. And the NASDAQ uh, finished roughly flat. So with that information, you know, seeing the market kind of do that,
1: but what was the data? You know, I heard CPI, PPI, Danny talked about it in the open here, but there was a lot that came out this week. A lot of, I don't want to call it necessarily surprises, but just a lot of data in
2: directions some were not necessarily expected. Well, the, you know, the headlines were, were very positive on CPI and PPI. but When you looked under the surface, the core uh, CPI remains above, well above what the Fed is targeting. Uh, PPI was a good number as well. So the market, you know, kind of rallied on that on Thursday, and we, we saw basically that the Fed fund futures – continue to say the Fed's going to raise rates 25 basis points in May, so no real reaction from the fixed income markets. Uh, The the number that really was a little bit worrisome was the retail sales number on Friday came in well below expectations, up 2.9% on a year-over-year basis, and that's a nominal term. So if you adjust for inflation, retail sales in terms of units are actually down. And then when you compound that with the Consumer Sentiment Survey, which on the surface sounded good, when you look in the finer details, what you saw is investor expectations about future inflation actually ticked up to 4.6% from 36 And this is exactly what Chairman Powell does not want to see. Yeah, and I agree with the inflation. I mean... I bought fertilizer. It was up
1: $20 from last year, and sugar's more expensive. So, Well, sugar's at a 10-year high, so that's not going to be great for Coca-Cola's margins going forward. Well, and you also look at oil. I mean, you mentioned in, earlier when we were talking oil's up $20 a barrel uh, from last month to this month. I feel that at a pump, and I think everybody's feeling
2: that at a pump. I mean, the, w- the way I look at the current environment, you know, I just got back from Sanibel Captiva in Florida, and they had a hurricane, and it did a lot of damage. So the first part of the hurricane that's hit the financial markets is a Fed tightening, tightening rates. That caused multiples to compress. I think we're now sort of in the eye of the storm because we're waiting to see what the effect of all those rate hikes will be. They raised the Fed funds rate 475 basis points in a very short period of time, and many investors got used to paying zero in terms of interest. So interest expenses for companies will go up. Valuation multiples ought to be compressed somewhat, and there's going to be a credit seize up at some point in the future. So talking about that, you're talking about you know the interest rates all...
1: But then there's earnings that started this week. And Friday was the first day we saw this. J.P. Morgan came
2: out. What else, you know, what did we see from that? Well, J.P. Morgan, you know, that is a very, very well-run bank. Great great operating metrics. They they blew the cover out of the ball. The stock closed up 7% on the day. And investors are interested in J.P. Morgan because they wanted to see what the impact of those bank failures was. And yes, they did gain deposits from smaller banks. Uh, their net interest margins, they actually guided them up a little bit. So J.P. Morgan pr- put in a great number. PNC, Wells Fargo, those numbers were a little squishier. And, and next week, we're l- really going to hear from the banks we want to hear from. Those are the commercial real estate loaded regional banks.
1: So, th- on that with the banks and the earnings, I know internally we've talked a little bit about opportunities, you know, technology. Where do we see that right now with these rising rates? You've mentioned it before. Todd and Dave mentioned rates and the impact
2: on the tech sector and growth in general. What What is that? Well, the tech sector has been really strong at the beginning of the year, and they these are companies that basically overhired during the pandemic. So they've been cutting costs, and investors have re- re- rewarded them with that. Like, for example, Meta is up an enormous amount uh, year-to-date, as is, you know, Apple and some of the others. But but basically, the valuations are a 35% premium to the S&P. So tech stocks right now, relative to the market, are more expensive than they were pre-COVID and, frankly, at the peak of the tech do- tech bubble. And that's
1: just very interesting to see, given everybody feels like the market's not in a good spot. But actually, you know, you've talked about multiples. You've talked about earnings. We're actually at a... Pretty expensive market,
2: right? Well, we are. If you if you well actually, if you t- strip out the top ten weightings in the S and P five hundred, we're trading at about fifteen times earnings, which is reasonable. But when you add in those top ten names, we're more closer to nineteen times, and that is an expensive market.
0: Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer. Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development at Annex Wealth Management. Looking for the weekend Review? You can get it this weekend on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, need your help on the Axiom poll this weekend? If you're already in retirement, what do you know now you wish you knew before? Saturday, April 15th, it's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 620 WTMJ. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, SWAT podcast every single Monday morning for the Annex Wealth Management investment team. It's pretty high level, but if you really like that stuff, you can find it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, usually about mid-morning. This show, available on demand at the top of the hour on Spotify. Derek Felsky's in the studio. He's chief investment officer. Brandon Lehman, director of branch development, CFP, and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. So, Derek, earlier we talked a little bit about just all the
1: data that came in. What are we seeing and what do we think the Fed's response potentially could be to all this new data?
2: Well, you know, and how the Fed responds essentially is really important because when the Fed is accommodative, you want to own equities. And when the Fed is tightening, you really don't. Uh, So we've had a really nice rally, even though we've been raising rates. But I think, you know, that right now the market believes we'll get one more 25 basis point uh, hike uh, based on data and that'll that'll be it in fact the market itself the fixed income markets are actually thinking we're going to get three twenty-five basis point rate cuts in the back half of 2023 which we don't really believe we'll see because we believe this inflation problem is going to be persistent you got oil prices that are moving higher the dollar has been weakening there's a lot of uh, political gyronics around the reserve status of the currency and you know russia uh, india uh, saudi arabia and china all trying to kind of take away that that advantage you United States enjoys. So there, there are a lot of issues out there. And so when I talk about a hurricane in the eye of a hurricane, stocks do tend to do well when the Fed pauses from a rate hiking cycle. But the problem is at some point, if the economy weakens enough, they cut rates. And that's when you really don't want to be involved with stocks until things bottom out. And that's typically,
1: you know, most people are thinking, oh, they're going to cut rates, that's going to be good. But as you said, that could be actually not as good as most people are hoping for. Um, So what are some of the trends, given everything that's coming out, given up some of the data, what are some of the trends that we are seeing that you think are some opportunities that remain here in this year?
2: Well, we've been talking about this for a long period of time, and I think people have finally woken up to it, that if you're sitting with money in a savings account earning less than 1%, um, that's foolish. You can go out and get a 5% yield on a treasury bill uh, guaranteed by the U.S. government. You don't have to pay state uh, income taxes on that, so that's a good opportunity in a period of uncertainty secondly you know we're going to miss in may and go away that's not really a fool to, foolproof strategy but historically returns from may until october are less than they are the other six months of the year
1: yeah, just sell and man go away, you hear that all the time, but there's a lot of things going on and there's a lot of things to pay attention to. So with the trends, I also wanna talk about emerging markets. Um, it's been a trend that we have talked about here in the office, it has come up a lot in client meetings where people have said, emerging markets, you guys have it, why do you have
2: it, what does it mean? Why are we looking so closely at emerging markets right now? Well, emerging markets are extraordinarily cheap. And if you think about emerging markets, 40 years ago, those countries did 20% of global GDP. They're now closer to 50%, yet the market cap of emerging market stocks relative to developed market in the United States is much, much lower. So basically, the Warren Buffett credo would tell you they're undervalued because you look at stocks as a percentage of GDP. The other thing is the valuations are incredibly attractive. The PE multiple on, on the emerging market index it's half what is in the S&P. And then finally, you've got better demographics. You've got younger populations in places like India and, and Brazil and the rest. So we do like emerging markets. We we have a more of a value tilt in, in our approach to that. Plus, if the U.S. dollar continues to be weak, that helps our performance of international equities because they're denominated in local currency. Well, so when the dollar goes down, that means the currency goes up in dollar terms, which adds to your returns. Does it help, to just with commodity prices being high
1: in most countries? economies utilize commodities. They're, they're trading oils, they're trading rubber,
2: things like that. Is that also a benefit to the emerging markets? Right. Some some countries depend a lot on commodity exports, and certainly, you know, copper prices have been strong. Um, you know, uh, Sugar prices, as I mentioned, are up significantly. So if you believe inflation is going to be persistent, emerging markets ought to perform well in that context as well. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of good things going on right now And
1: you look at the investment team that we have here at Annex, you look at Derek, Todd, and the entire team, and Dave, and the Investment Policy Committee, there's some great heads here working together to make sure that we put the right portfolios together given the current situation.
0: Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer, thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. Brandon Lehman, our Director of Branch Development at CFP and a Wealth Manager, he's staying for the rest of the hour. We are glad you are here. Hear the difference. in An Annex Wealth Management client It's going to share his story. We'll do that next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, and that's the goal of this segment. During our shows, we share the thoughts and talents of our team in hopes that you make the decision to partner with Annex Wealth Management for investment, retirement, estate, and tax planning. We believe in what we do and how we do it. But what's it like in the real world with real clients of Annex Wealth Management? Joining me is a longtime client of ours. And for sake of this segment, we're going to just give you a little anonymity and just call you Dan. That cool? That sounds great, Dan. That's great. Well, welcome to the show, Dan. Right at the top, because we operate in complete transparency, it's important for the audience to understand you are a client of Annex Wealth Management. That is correct. Annex is not providing any type of compensation for your time on this segment. Correct. And there are no conflicts of interest between you as a client and Annex as a firm. Correct. Let's get to the fun stuff. Dan, how far back do you go with Annex Wealth Management?
3: I first interviewed Annex in late 2007, and I officially joined as a client in February 2008 you're a smart guy. You're a medical doctor.
0: Was there a do-it-yourself portion when it came to investment and
3: retirement planning? I did all my investment and retirement planning until I joined Annex. Everything?
0: Everything. Read the papers, kept up on the charts, made your moves, all that stuff.
3: Correct. I wanted to consider hiring someone prior to that. Over the years, I had looked at different firms and different advisors, but I never found someone that I felt gave me a value for what they were offering. And I felt that many, of the people were more interested in their fees and what they could get from me rather than what they could do for me and help work with me on my long-term plan.
0: Was there a moment on the path to retirement
3: that you said, you know what, I probably really should have a pro in place? I considered in the early 1990s hiring someone and over the years, I periodically looked at different people. And then in 2007, I said to my wife, I've reached a point in my life where I want to have more free time. I don't want to have to do studying and wondering about investing and making all my financial decisions and planning decisions on my own. I had accumulated a fair amount of assets at that point and I wanted to have more time with my wife and family. And so I decided that I was going to hire someone someone and there were better options by that point. The whole financial planning environment had changed where there were better firms and that were more concerned about clients than just charging fees.
0: What was it that led you to choose Annex Wealth Management as the partner?
3: In late 2007, I researched a bunch of different firms and I picked four of them. I made my wife go along and I interviewed all four firms. I had a list of questions I prepared and I asked all of them the same questions. After discussion and looking at all of my options and having interviewed everyone, I spoke with my wife and I decided that Annex Wealth Management offered me the best team to work with. things I liked about Annex is that it was more than one person, it was several people, and they offered different areas of expertise. Also, they were going to work as a fiduciary. They were gonna charge me a percentage of assets based on a yearly percentage that covered all of my financial planning, not just investing, but if I had questions about paying my mortgage early, or how much money should I save for my kid's college education, or if I should invest in other things, or how much I should put in retirement assets versus other assets. And so I really wanted someone to help me with that. Also, to talk about tax management, to talk about as I got older, if I needed long-term care insurance, and just a number of financial questions. And the thing I really liked about Annex is I didn't get charged an extra fee for every question I asked. When I used to meet with my accountant, if I would ask an extra question, there was an extra fee. And with Annex, I knew what I was paying, and it was a percentage, and it was the same every year. And
0: for that, I could ask any questions that I wanted. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. We're chatting with Dan, a longtime client of Annex Wealth Management. So you've been with us over 13 years. I know what got you in here, but how did we keep you for all these years? Annex has been a great
3: partner for me and my family. The reasons I hired Annex in the first place continue to be true over time. They took away a lot of work from me. I no longer had to study and figure out my asset allocation and what things I wanted to invest in. Annex took over all that My financial planning decisions regarding funding my kid's college versus my retirement versus paying down the mortgage and other financial decisions, they helped me go through all those decisions so I didn't have to do the homework that I did previously. As I moved along in my life, different decisions came up. I'm older now and I moved towards retirement. They helped me make a decision as to when I could retire and how much money I needed to retire. They helped me decide what to do as far as long-term care insurance. They helped me decide what to do with health insurance as I retired. All of those decisions and questions I was able to discuss with my team at Annex and they were able to give me advice and they didn't charge me any extra money for discussing those. I just have the one fee which covers all my investments, but it covers all my financial questions and decision making. The other thing and the other reason that I really wanted to hire someone is that if something happened to me, my wife would not know what to do and I did not want to ever leave her in a situation if I would pass away for some reason, that she wouldn't know what to do. Now with having Annex and having all my assets and all my paperwork here, if something happened to me, she would come in and talk to the team and they would take care of her and everything is already set up. Let's talk about the really good stuff. How's being retired? Being retired is great. I am very happy in my decision. It was hard for me to leave medicine, which has been a huge part of my life, and my patients, are like an extended family to me. I was very fortunate. I had awesome patients who are really good people, and many of whom I had known for more than 20 years, and I had a long-term relationship with them, so that's the hardest part of But also, in medicine, I worked a lot more than 40 hours a week. It took away from my family, and so I reached a point in my life where I wanted to devote more time and energy to my family, and I felt I owed them that, and that's the main reason I retired.
0: Know the Difference, the place to start with investment, retirement, estate, and tax planning, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Dan is a longtime client of Annex Wealth Management. Dan, thank you for letting us be part of what sounds like a wonderful start to a retirement. Thank you very much, Danny. Let's talk about locations. We want to make it very easy to meet with Annex Wealth Management. We're in Elm Grove, Lake Country, Mequon, Appleton, downtown Milwaukee, right inside the Fister, Madison, Naples, Florida, and Libertyville, Illinois, or as close as your computer at AnnexWealth.com. Bottom of the hour, let's get caught up. And for that, we head to the WTMJ Breaking News Center. This segment is Ask Annex. It's where we go to the mailbag at AnnexWealth.com when people click the Ask button and we answer the questions. As always, if you don't want us to use your name, that's fine. In fact, everybody took us up on that. Everybody is anonymous. In the studio, Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hey. Hi, Danny. And we got Trevor Nargis, Senior Trader, part of the investment team. Welcome to you. Hey, Danny. First one is anonymous. My son has a new job with a 20% increase in pay. He lives frugally. What can he do with the extra in? income.
4: Well, that 20% increase is really nice. Congrats to your son. But he should make sure he's maxing out his retirement plans, both the employer and the IRA. And if he has extra income after that, I would suggest putting a portion of that extra income into an investment account and just having that disciplined investment strategy where he's taking a monthly amount and putting it into that account every single month. It'll really pay off in the long run and give him a lot of spending flexibility in the future. Make sure he's paying off any debt he has. And then I would also build an emergency fund. Typically, we like to see three to six months worth of living expenses.
0: Next one, Anonymous. Aren't defense contractors poised to have a strong run? Well, you would sure think so, but it's a complicated process.
5: It is a complicated process, and I'm glad that you started it off with that. So on the positive side of things, you know, we're seeing an increase in geopolitical tensions following the war in Ukraine, and I mean, it's still ongoing. This is manifested in Europe looking to increase their defense spending, and that could benefit some of our domestic defense contractors, given their expertise in the space. But there's another thing that you gotta take into account there many of these names are trading at premiums to their historic valuation. So their their valuations have gotten a little up there. We've been following a couple names that we've been keeping an eye on quite closely as potential ads or companies that we find quite interesting. But right now, the risk reward from a valuation standpoint is a little stretched. Now, it doesn't mean that the price couldn't go higher here. They could continue to have a strong run, but from a valuation standpoint, they seem a little stretched.
0: Next one, Anonymous. What's more important, desire for growth or income generation? I plan to retire in 10 years, I'm getting conflicting advice.
4: Well, you know, we love to say it all depends, but both the growth and income generation can be a very important part in different financial contexts. If you have long-term financial goals, such as building wealth, saving for retirement, or achieving financial independence, a desire for growth may be more important. However, if you have those short-term financial goals, such as meeting regular expenses or supplementing your current income, income generation may be more important. So it really depends on your particular situation. Well,
5: yeah, and it doesn't have to be one size fits all, like you're saying, right? Mm-hmm. You can have different buckets. You can have that growth bucket. You can have that income bucket. And, you know, we talk about it pretty frequently here that it also comes down to your risk capacity versus your risk tolerance.
4: And you can probably change your strategy too later on. You can be growth oriented up until retirement. And then if you feel you want to supplement your income, we can do more of an income generating portfolio.
0: Here's a good one. Is anyone successfully timed the market? At least somewhat. If so, who? Let me start with one piece of wisdom here. Let me say that
4: market
5: timing is one, extremely difficult not super easy at all. But two, many investors have emotions and different signals that come into play. And that can get in the way of putting money to work or taking exposure off the table. And what typically happens for most investors when they try and market time, they end up kind of doing the exact opposite. They end up buying high and selling low as opposed to buying low and selling high. But there are plenty of institutional and professional investors who have timed the market over the course of history. And we could do a whole show on it, but I don't think you'd want me to do that here, Danny. One we'll focus on here is Jim Simons. Jim Simons founded Renaissance Technologies, the hedge fund. He's a mathematician by trade, specializes in technology, worked on code breaking in the Cold War, things like that. But what Renaissance uses are quantitative models and algorithmic trading to move in and out of different areas in the market. Their medallion for... is their most famous fund and it's only for employees but that medallion fund is compounded at 62 percent annually before fees from 1988 to 2021. They charge a pretty hefty fee given the sophistication of the strategy. So they have timed the market. They continue to do it, but there's a lot of tech that goes on in the background. There's other people who, you know, has been more of kind of a feel and research in certain instances, but there are people who do it. And then there's a whole
0: parade of people who didn't. There's a whole parade of people who try. Yeah. Dave Spano often says timing the market is like trying to, what, catch a falling knife? Final question on Ask Annex. At what age do long-term care policies become unaffordable?
4: Well, the ideal time to buy long-term care insurance is when you are in good health and relatively young. So I would say late 60s is probably pushing it a little bit, but it all depends on your situation and if you can pass the underwriting process.
0: Do you lock prices in when you buy them younger? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Yeah. it's
4: definitely. Yeah. Now they have level plans. Long term care is so much different than it used to be. It used to be where companies could raise the policy premiums so much so that by the time you needed that long term care, you couldn't afford the premiums. So you pay in for 20 years. And then when you need it, you have to let the policy lapse because you can't afford it anymore. So now there's what's called level premium. And then there's a lot of hybrid policies that life insurance policies that include long term care. So a lot of options now.
0: Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks. You're welcome, Danny. Trevor and Senior Trader. Thank you. Appreciate it, Danny. You know, it's a shame we need one, but we do. A Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense. We're going to cover some highlights and talk about next week's presentation so you can learn more. That's next on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 620 WTMJ. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management is back. Hello, Deanne. Hello, Danny. And one time you were doing kickboxing. Do you do kickboxing
6: still? <laughs> I don't, Okay, but that definitely was right. a, a great form of self-defense. All right,
0: we're going to talk about self-defense here. And if you're part of a couple, women can tend to be less involved with their financial planning. Perhaps their partner took care of it. They were uninterested. It really doesn't matter, but it sneaks up. We don't want to see anybody taken advantage of when money is involved, but it happens. Con artists, salespersons, friends, relatives, they all descend on someone and it can be a battle.
6: Yeah, so we're talking about financial self-defense here, right? So just kind of being aware. And you know, this can particularly happen when someone's just gone through one of those three D's we talk about, death, divorce or disability. When we are going through something that's traumatic at the time, we hear and see things and process differently. That's just human. I always think it's best practice to invite somebody that you trust and can engage with you in the discussion around particularly purchasing a financial product.
0: What we're going to talk about is the Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense gathering presentation which happens next thursday Dean, one of my favorite segments you and i did was fortune hunters and gold diggers that's kind of sort of what is happening well, here right
6: okay so we don't want to scare people into thinking there are financial predators around every corner what this is really about is there are lots of financial products out there there is nothing wrong with a product right like a, a life insurance policy yeah. for example it's just that We don't know what we don't know. And so when someone is talking to us about this, we need to arm ourselves with, what am I supposed to ask? That's really what this is about.
0: Well, this is a topic of great interest to you. I know you've walked along side. Many women who find themselves in situations like this, they need advice and protection. That's where you get phone calls. And really, that's kind of the impetus of this presentation.
6: Exactly right, Danny. So in particular, this workshop, A Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense, we go through seven scenarios where we're being sold a financial product or be given advice that we're purchasing. And we, particularly women, want to give it more thought and the right kind of analysis. So... In this workshop, we actually go through scenarios where we list out some red flags you literally want to listen for. We give you the best self-defense move. So what do I do? What do I ask? And in particular, encourage questions. Sometimes we kind of don't know what we don't know, so we clam up. So this will really arm people with what to ask.
0: You shared a great line from a study that you'd read. And I'll I'll share it here. It's 71% of women feel it's their job to worry about and think through all potential scenarios should something bad happen.
6: Yeah. So what happens is we don't know what we don't know. We think we should hit all those scenarios. So it leads to inaction, right? Kind of an analysis paralysis. But that's why, you know, it's important. We all have that spidey feeling. We get in our gut sometimes yeah. when a red flag pops up. It's important to understand, listen for that, watch for that. And then again, know how to respond. And don't be afraid to ask tough questions, especially when it comes to purchasing a product.
0: Well, women, I think, have a really good spidey. And my source is I've been married for 34 (laughs) years. And you're still married. So (laughs) yes, you've
6: got that sense.
0: (laughs) Let me ask this. Who's this happening to? Uh, Boomers, Gen Z's, millennials?
6: Yeah. So what is happening to everyone? I'll be the first to admit that as we age, we are subjected as women to not only the potential of dealing with one of those three D's again, death, divorce, disability, but also being led to a situation where we are making our own financial decisions on our own now this impacts eight out of ten women okay so 80 percent of women will have to manage things on their own and it gets more complicated to understand all the options that are out there i mean you know you think about the cereal aisle at the grocery store right Mm -hmm. it's kind of like that with financial products too and then there's the need again the feel that we have to analyze them completely understand them to be on top of them You don't have to completely understand them, but you do have to understand what's in your best interest, what helps you fulfill your goals.
0: Okay, now I'm not saying everybody's predatory, but it's got to be tough, and I'm going to guess that the majority of time when a woman needs guidance, it's going to come from somebody who knows somebody, who knows somebody, who knows somebody. That's where the selling starts.
6: Yeah. Well, you know what? As women, as a woman, I can say we like to utilize our own referral system, but that doesn't mean the research isn't done. In fact, we want to know the softer side and the harder side of decision making. We want to know, hey, did you use this product? What did you like? What did you not like about it? That's why it's an. It's very important to understand pros and cons that you might run into when you're buying a financial product. And you know, in this workshop, also, we're going to get to some tougher questions. We're going to go through what you should ask your financial advisor and we're going to even include questions every woman needs to be able to answer about her own financial scenario this workshop really is about empowering us with the right information to know the right questions to ask and feel good about understanding our own situation
0: this is part of the women in wealth series in particular, let's talk about this coming Thursday's very important presentation. We want to underline it. It happens Thursday. It's Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense.
6: Right, and it's in person in our Elm Grove headquarters starting at 6 p.m. It's open to any woman. Grab a gal pal, sign up online under the Events tab or our Women and Wealth tab. It is part of our Women and Wealth series, and uh, it this one will fill up. So you need to go online and register.
0: This one that has wine?
6: Yes, of it course.
0: Does. So, uh, <laughs> folks, I'll just tell you this. We love the leftovers the next day. <laughs> so, yeah, please come on in. It's going to be great. Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management, joining us to invite you to Women's Guide to Financial Self-Defense Thursday. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Quick break. We're going to be back to wrap things up on 620 WTMJ. Back in Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Looking back on this last hour, one of my favorite segments was our Hear the Difference segment. And that's where an Annex client shared his story. Still in the studio is Brandon Lehman, a director of branch development, CFP, and a wealth manager. And Brandon, within that segment, he was a physician, ran a group, did a bunch of different things that is not an unusual circumstance for a client of Annex Wealth Management.
1: Yeah, you're correct. You, we see this all the time in, in many different segments. So the first being the doctors, right? We Where we are located and what we've ran into between all the different areas we have offices, you start to see physicians coming out and saying, hey, I've spent I've my whole life earning this, saving for this, it's time to retire, but it's incredibly complex. How can you guys help me? And what's so amazing about annex is having the different teams of individuals that have actually spent a substantial amount of time in those areas or they have spouses that are in those areas so they can bring in the knowledge they can assist with the planning they can look at it but there are other areas too. you start to think business owners and executives and all the different areas Annex can make an incredibly impactful
0: I know that one of your sweet spots is talking to business owners you really enjoy that because these people have blood, sweat and tears invested and have worked and worked and worked. And probably financial planning is not their number one thing, but they get to a certain point and they certainly need it. And with business transitions,
1: undoubtedly, it's one of the most complex areas to plan in. And in my opinion, one of the most enjoyable areas to plan in. And, and the reason is there's so many moving parts. And when you have a team and you have the estate team and the tax team and the financial planning team, we bring all of those heads together and we sit, down there's a an individual in a business that we've worked with where they had stepped in new ownership and it was so new to them they didn't know they knew how to run the business they knew how to run it successfully and take it over from the last generation but they didn't know all the ins and outs of how do you plan nor should they be expected to Without a doubt, and that's what I actually explain to their spouse, many times they they seem a little overwhelmed and they go, well, how is this working? This doesn't make sense. So let's tackle this first. And typically it's taxes, right? That is the biggest one. Let's tackle taxes. What does this mean? How do we handle it? How do we prepare for it? How do we look at it? In most of these situations, especially the more complex planning, we're looking at taxes every quarter, and we're not looking backwards, we're looking ahead, okay, what does the business seem to be on pace for, the net revenue that'll pass through depending on how it's set up, what are you on pace for, how do we budget for that, okay, this is what it means, we should adjust quarterlies, and now working with your CPA, this is where it's so important, where we will talk with your CPA. We'll send the data over and say, this is what we see. You see the same thing. And they'll go, yep, we're all
0: good. Or no, I'm seeing this. Let's talk about that. That's what's incredibly important. We've talked about different types of clients with Annex Wealth Management. we talked about physicians, talked about business owners. How about executives, C-suite level?
1: Yeah. So that is a whole nother ball game that I truly enjoy. And the reason I enjoy it, because of complexity, right? Complexity is what just piques the human interest. And when you look at C-suite executives, senior vice presidents, areas where they start to get those complex compensation packages, that's what's key. It, it's what does this mean to me? How does it all fit? And they're really good at their job. I, I think of a local corporation where their senior leaders are amazing at their job. And they look at their comp plan and just throw their hands up and go, I have no idea. Right. And and when you work with them, you say, okay, this is what it means. And in the army, we have a term where we we call it break it down Barney style, right? So it's so simple. Well, we break it down. We say this, this, and we compartmentalize it and we lay it out and they go, I get it. That makes sense. And then you plan off of that. You start to say, okay, long-term, this is what it means. This is how you do it. This is what we should be considering. But the same thing for executives. We're looking at their pay stubs, basically April 30th, June 30th, September 30th, and then in the middle of December. And when you have non-qualified RSUs, PSAs, all these complex additional compensation tools, we need to track that. And we do track that with multiple
0: scenarios. You mentioned the complexity and the challenge. And really, this is why we build the team so deeply. Our investment committee is deep. The retirement planning team, super deep. Our tax planning team is deep. The estate planning team is deep.
1: Yeah. And that depth is what gives us the ability to sit down and go to such great lengths to make sure that you're taken care of. And when you finally say, I am done, we can have a plan for it. Brandon
0: Lehman is Director of Branch Development, CFP, and a Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. We are up for the challenge. If you heard a situation that maybe sounds like you, put us to the test. Yeah, that yeah. would be amazing. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Before we go, This weekend's Axiom is going to have a question, and we need your help on it if you subscribe to the Axiom. You're going to see a poll question in there. If you're already in retirement, what do you know now that you wish you knew before? We are deeply interested in any kind of wisdom, any kind of observation that you can share. That would be a lot of fun, and it's probably going to be helpful for somebody else. We're going to have this on a future segment on the show. And again, that's in this weekend's Axiom. That is it for this week. We sure thank you for listening. Have a great week. We'll see you next Saturday at 10 o'clock right here on 620 WTMJ.